1: or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black in Your Money. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's Business Leader, 1220
2: KDOW.
3: Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about as long as it has something to do with money. CNBC core viewership drops to a 20-year low. That's interesting, because here I am talking about money, and apparently no one really wants to talk about money, or at least look at money, considering CNBC came on air in 1991. Core viewership is now about as low as it has ever been for the struggling broadcaster, which, as recently as 2007, was ranked the 19th most viable cable channel in the United States. Now, not so much. CNBC's Fast Money down 32%, Mad Money with Jim Cramer down 42%, Kudlow down 52%. They've all had all time low ratings in all the viewer categories uh, in August 2013. So people don't want money anymore. Is the exodus from CNBC an issue of content credibility? Is it retail revulsion to manipulated centrally planned markets? Is it that people just don't have enough disposable income to day trade anymore? I don't have the answer for that. I find the story intriguing. In large part, I see more and more facts day after day that fewer and fewer people are going to have enough for retirement. I would think it would be your number one concern instead of, ooh, Paula Deen's going to be a master
4: chef?
2: Hmm.
3: What else we got out there? SP 500's up fractions after a rough day yesterday. I think something like thirty out of the five hundred components moved higher. The Dow Jones Industrial Average up fourteen, the Nasdaq up six, gold down two, oil at one hundred and five dollars a barrel. Right now, if you think we're going to go full out war with Syria, Christmas is going to be ruined. It's August 28th. If Christmas is ruined, that's not good for our economy. If you think we're going to lob a couple missiles and be done with it, the dip that you see in the markets in the last couple of weeks, it may extend a little further until said missile lobbying is done, but then there will be a buying opportunity. What's happening to Syria... It's not unlike what happened to Iraq in '91. Iraq under George Bush, Jr. It's not unlike Bosnia-Herzegovina. It's not unlike Libya under Ronald Reagan. It's how long does the conflict last. This time around in the Middle East, we don't really need the oil. We're not energy independent, but we're less dependent than ever. We're less dependent than we have been in the last 60 years on foreign oil. So, that's why it could be interesting to watch. I wouldn't be be making a big bet either way at this point in time. I think the Obama administration does not want a regime change. If they did, they wouldn't be saying, oh, we're going to throw missiles at you sometime soon. The element of surprise is kind of lost when you announce it weeks, days in advance. So I'd imagine Assad's probably in the East Hamptons at this point in time on the beaches. Looking forward to his Labor Day, because he doesn't want to be anywhere near missiles being shot around. Pending home sales fall 1.3%. Okay. There, we got a story for you. Economic data, we will talk later this morning with the one, the only, Patrick O'Hare, no, Jeff Rosen, Dr. Jeff Rosen, Chief Economist with Briefing.com, Um There's something that's tied towards housing and automobiles, cars and housing, e commerce, home improvement that's doing really, really well in the world of retail. The demand for expensive sweaters, not so much. Teen apparel, not so much. So, luxuries like Starbucks, we know what we get with them. The retailers wouldn't spend. United Kingdom banks rise today after the Bank of England eased liquidity rules, making it easier to get people to qualify. Pending home sales fell 1.3% in July, led by drops in most of the United States. Sales, contracts, at homes fell 1.3% in July, a second month of declines. Mortgage rates continue to increase. By region, pending home sales in July fell 6.5% in the Northeast, 4.9% in the West,
2: 4.9%
3: in the Midwest, 1%. Pending Pending sales rose 2.6% in the South. Pending sales is listed as pending when the contract has been signed. Groupon Netflix Apple all amongst the winners today. I'm seeing more and more people talk about cutting the cable cords. And it seems to be very, very real and gaining some momentum going with digital antennas and or services like Netflix or TiVo. So Groupon announced today, what did they announce? Something was it silly? I don't know if one of these words silly, but it didn't make me jump. Um, what is it? What is it, man? Groupon announced they're planning to put together a North American warehouse network for its physical goods business. That would put them in more direct competition with online giant retailer Amazon.com. J.P. Morgan may have to pay at least $6 billion to settle lawsuits over bonds backed by subprime mortgages. The FHFA is reportedly seeking that amount after suing the bank over those bonds two years ago. Las Vegas Sands is going to have to pay almost $50 million to end a federal probe into the casino operator's anti money laundering practices. The case centered around suspicious deposits by high rolling gamblers, with the government claiming the company had failed to alert authorities about the deposits. American Airlines, U.S. Airways. The government's proposed a start date of March 3rd. The airlines want a November trial date. Americans calling the request for a March date entirely unreasonable the Department of Justice has been investigating the proposed deal for over 16 months. They want this deal to go on. You, the consumer, does not. So the fewer airlines that we have, the fewer choices we have, the fewer choices we have, the more likely we get pushed into higher fares. I would say the winner of this story is JetBlue. You want me to do my JetBlue song? JetBlue, nothing but JetBlue. Nothing but jet blue. Jet, 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 jet blue. Really dreadful. Thank you, Simon. So those are the big stories out there today. Uh, treasury slide ahead of Homes data. Obviously a lot of people piecing those together. Apple opened its first Tokyo store since two thousand and five. iPhone maker already has seven stores in Japan, and the latest one would be located in the upscale shopping district of Omotesando. With an open date for March. For those of you who know the correct pronunciation of that, please keep the opinion to yourself. I don't want yours. You see how I roll. 800 516 to get your calls in the air. SP500 is up 2. The Dow's up 22. The NASDAQ up 10. Got a big event coming up September 12th in Toll House Hotel in Los Gatos. It's a retirement workshop. It's two and a half hours. We cover everything from withdrawal rates to portfolio allocations to estate planning to trusts. To come the people make. You listen to me, Rob Black, talking all things financial on the Wall Street Business Network. Sign up for the event at robblack.com.
1: Climbing to a three month high.
3: Talk a little bit about investment ideas and trends. money, investing, and more. That's what the show's all about. Our economy is largely driven by consumer, you, and spending. There's always going to be a lot of acronyms out there. And I kind of played with one. (laughs) Consumers want houses and cars right now. That's what's getting most of the focus. We do a lot of e commerce as well, appliances, and home projects. The car side, let's talk about it because this is what's working. I would rather you invest money right now into what's working than what's not working in the world of retail. Now, I'm not going to tell you to go out and buy cars. I'm not going to tell you to go out and buy stocking cars. But we'll talk about it on how you would actually do that. Retailers like Target and Macy's have shown some really lackluster second quarter sales. I think the consumer is in a cycle that's saying, I don't want that. What we are spending on are big ticket items, cars, homes, e-commerce, appliances, and remodeling projects. That leaves a lot less Money for jeans or digital cameras or for sweaters. On top of this concept, unlike before the recession, consumers are now unwilling to take on debt to fund such spending anyway. Weak income growth, the payroll tax hike, they've limited consumers' budgets this year, and so far consumers have opted to make investment purchases like a new home or a car over the smaller pleasures provided by a new outfit, or a bedding set. I've got a bedding set that is my second set that's not the most attractive. No, it doesn't have dinosaurs on it, but it feels that way. There's, not a lot, there's nothing inspiring me in retail to go out and buy apparel. Middle America, where consumers make forty to seventy thousand dollars a year, they're especially under pressure from higher taxes, lower-paying jobs, and an aversion to debt. Consumer confidence dro- has been dropping for consumers making fifteen thousand to fifty thousand, while consumer confidence has been rising for those in the higher income brackets. That trend is expected to continue. Dollar General and Walmart—they offer cheap prices on goods as well as on groceries. But now let's turn our attention or let's rev our attention to the automobile stocks. Because, again, I think that's one of the things that is working here. Again, I do not want you in any way, shape, or form to buy stocks that you hear on any radio show, television show, or newsletter. I want you to do a lot of research. I want you to feel comfortable about what you're doing and why you're doing it. Don't chase performance. That's a sure way of losing. So, car manufacturers in June. So taking a look at this whole concept of retail of what's working and what's not working. What's really working? Cars, homes, appliances, electronics, e-commerce, I'm sorry, e-commerce and big projects. That's what's driving the consumer right now and what's the consumers driving drives the economy. Cars, homes, e-commerce appliances, and remodeling. So you can basically throw that into um, working. Dollar General Walmart working. But cars is an area that I do want you to pay attention to. In large part, auto stocks, and there's a lot of them. Ford, General Motors, they're in the best position to benefit from the U.S. resurgence. Um, there is a firm that you can own, an ETF that's tied towards automobiles. It's called the First Trust NASDAQ Global Auto Index, ticker symbol C-A-R-Z. They own Daimler, Toyota, Hyundai. They own Ford. They own General Motors. Um, again, in the recession, we hit a low of 10 million cars sold in 2009. Now we've rebounded to 16 million and maybe as high as 17 million. So that's a the pace that we're on for selling cars. So if you want to own the Global Trust, C-A-R-Z, if you want to own Ford Digital Motors, F for GM, or maybe own their bonds. CarMax is great for used. When people start shopping for new cars, they often realize that used is a better alternative. It's more affordable. Used car prices in general have fallen over the past year, but the average selling price for a pre-owned vehicle at CarMax is up 1%, while same-store sales climbed 17%. CarMax is expected to open 14 stores in the next 12 months and about 10 to 15 a year in the following two. Now, car sales, new, create some used car sales. But what do we, they also do? Parts. There's an auto retailer, AutoZone, AZO. You know, junkers that stay on the road for a while need maintenance. The average age of a vehicle in the U.S. is still about 11 years. AutoZone shares are cheaper by about 30 cent, 30% versus O'Reilly Automotives. But there's also another way. Johnson Controls is the world's leading supplier of car batteries and a favorite pick for a lot of fund managers out there. They're making a push into lithium-ion batteries for electric cars. They're accelerating 50% faster than the auto industry as a whole. So lots of options. Auto stocks revving it up. Consult a broker advisor for taking action in stocks mentioned. Please note, I do have an event coming up. It's a retirement boot camp, 630 to 9 at the Toll House Hotel in Los Gatos, California. Calculating if you have enough money for retire, budgeting for, fa- for taxes. Importance of timing in retirement, bond alternatives in a rising interest rate environment. New tax and estate planning laws. How to avoid high-fee retirement products. You can sign up for the event with me and CFP Chad Burton. It's Thursday, September 12th at the Toll House Hotel in Los Gatos. Sign up for it at robblack.com.
1: Listening to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW and iHeart
4: Radio station. You've probably heard about the big fire
3: in Yosemite National Park. The U.S. Forest Service has exhausted its funds already; close to a billion dollars budgeted to fight fires. It needs to pull another six hundred million from other programs, including some aimed at fire prevention. There is some irony there. Department of Interior is close to exhausting its $368 million in fire suppression funds by mid September. Crazy. This is dramatic. California gets a lot of tourists that come in to set up tents in those parks, and those tents, those parks don't get used if they're charred. You can't stop fighting fires, so that's disconcerting. You take away all the money in the world. And yeah, you're going to probably create more fires because you re- can't reduce the risks of them. Now, part of this is tied towards the current r- Congress and presidential groups basically cutting 5% of federal spending cuts due to the sequester. That turned to $115 million, but you can still see they well above that. This is bad because it cuts down on tourism, it cuts down on economies. You know they're going to spend thirty-five million less on cutting down brush, two hundred million dollars for harvesting timber. They're going to pull one hundred seventy million dollars from a fund that plants trees through forest land. And that money has to come from somewhere. So forest fires, in the news. Think about the hotels that have set up. I found this story kind of interesting. Selfie and phablet have been added to the English dictionary. It makes me feel old. When I'm finally like, man, these words are kind of like bastardizations on reality. Selfie is a picture you take of yourself with your typically phone or webcam. Emoji, a small digital image or icon used to express an idea or emotion being added. Bitcoin, digital currency being added. And my favorite one of all, tied towards the MTV Music Awards, twerking. And I'm not going to describe what that is or the definition of it. I will instead talk about being a purist with VOM, V-O-M. That word's being added. It's informal to be sick or to vomit. That's so VOM. S p 500 up fractions. Dow's up eight. NASDAQ up seven. Let's welcome in CFP, Chad Burton. He is a certified financial planner with NewFocusFinancial.com. One of the areas... That I don't like talking about is insurance. We know about investments, fun and sexy. We know about taxes. you got to pay them. But insurance is part of the formula in getting to retirement. And I always say insure what you can't afford to lose. But I think a lot of people in the age of 20 to 50, Chad, don't really – all we think about is life insurance or homeowner's insurance or renter's insurance. I think one of the forgotten insurances is like gap insurance. I I know
4: it's like an odd topic to start with. Gap insurance. What is gap insurance? Gap insurance is if let's say you you buy a car for thirty grand, right, right. and then you turn around and total it. The insurance company says, well, at that time, your value of your car is only fifteen thousand dollars, but you still owe twenty because you took a loan out. You've only paid it. You've, you're you're paying it down at a lower rate than what the value is depreciating at. So that is a very big risk, especially in the first three years that you buy a car, for example. Which I don't think people think about it, and yet I do. I think it's actually a pretty good insurance to get. It, it is, especially because we also say that you know, having the higher deductible insurance typically makes sense. So if you're a person that you're doing things the right way, where you have six to 12 months worth of cash and emergency reserves if you're a younger person, right. then that means that you're allowed to then go out and get higher deductible auto policies, home policies, health insurance policies, so that your monthly premiums are lower so that you can save more money in your 401k. But if you're going to do that, typically it also means that you need that gap coverage in case you do total your car. Otherwise, you could be out of pocket five to $10,000 to get that replacement. Another little tip on insurance that
3: I think is important is, I've got a friend who lost 190 pounds. He lost a human being. I mean, he lost 190 pounds. <laughs> I'm like, did you get your health insurance uh, changed? Did you get your um, life insurance changed? Because when he got... Life insurance is a 300, well, I guess, 350-pound man. He was about to die. He was a diabetic. He's actually lost diabetes. He no longer has to take insulin. So he needs to go and have all of his insurance redone. And they will lower your rate, insurance companies. They'll never raise your rate, but they will lower your rate if you do something like lose 20, 30, 40 pounds. Did you know that? No.
4: I did. Yes, I need to do that. It's, oh, it's, I thought I had them. It's like, <laughs> let, the me, let me get an example, too. So people go out and they buy life insurance. Yeah. Okay, and, but when they're doing it, they're, they might not, they not, not smoke all the time, but they might have a cigar once in a while or, yeah. or dip, you know, chewing tobacco. Right. They get rated as a tobacco user. You can go through a certain period of time with the insurance company and go back and say, I no longer smoke, I no longer chew, take a physical that proves it, send it in, and they can lower your rates. Okay. And if people bought term insurance like three or four years ago and they're still healthy, they might want to redo that plan because it's cheaper now. Term insurance is a lot cheaper now. There's more people in the business, and insurance companies want the business.
2: Okay, so
3: question your insurance policies every couple of years, especially if you have some life-changing events on the positive.
4: Really, it's, it's, it's almost every year. It's almost okay. like you know I'll go through and, and call a uh, cable bill, cell phone company, and say, I'm about ready to leave unless you've got something better to offer me. And every time I do that, every six months, it seems like I get money knocked off my cable bill or my cell phone bill, or I get some side of an incentive or a free upgrade or whatever. You know, you ask for it.
3: They want your business. I always call the insurance company or the cable companies, and I'm saying, I'm pretty sure I didn't order Naughty Nurses 3. <laughs> so we have different conversations with the cable companies. Why is my bill $300? And they say, I think you ordered four and five as well, Mr. Black. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. I'm guilty. <laughs> um, so some of these insurance issues are, are, are obvious, some, obvious. Some of them are not. Um, I think the one that's also not necessarily obvious for people is disability insurance. You or I have a greater chance of being disabled before we die.
4: Yep.
3: And when you're disabled in your working years, it's financially cr- crushing because you lose your income. So disability insurance is really, really important to consider.
4: Yeah, I mean, and I'm loaded up on it because of what I do for fun, wakeboard, snowboard, all that kind of stuff. It's more likely that I'll be injured and can't work for a while than, than, than die. So, um, And I also have, as a business owner, it's important to have things like overhead policy so that there's, there's key man disability so somebody could replace you if you're gone from your company, but also just overhead disability, which usually lasts for about six months, so it keeps the lights on it makes the payroll payments while you're not there doing it. You know what I mean? Especially if, so, so in a key person situation, it's also important to. Uh, so, to in get our that little coverage. joint venture, do you have Key Man on you? I do. I have Overhead and Key Man. Do we have Key Man on me? Because I bring in. I'm the Rainmaker? I don't think you can qualify because of all your ailments. <laughs> what are my ailments? <laughs> okay, we're going to talk gonna play, about that off air. We're going to play Stump the Burton. Stump what him. was the name of the
3: first vampire to appear in a movie? Dracula. No, it was Nosferatu. Who cares? <laughs> we're playing Stump the Burton. Okay, fine. You can win a Joan Baez album if you want to call in right now. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Stump
4: the Burton. Do you have anything else on insurance that we're missing? So maybe some... the. Uh... The finer points? Uh, let's see, other types of insurance. No, it, you know, if, People will look, if they don't have insurance through their employer, disability insurance, which is very important. We've talked about that before. If you're like job hunting and you get two offers, they're pretty close. Take the one that has better disability insurance coverage often because it's yeah. expensive. But those that can't afford it could still do something like an Aflac, where it gives them some cash in their pocket if they are injured to help pay the bills over a two- to three-month period. It's still very important to look at, and you can usually pay for that with your um, health savings account or FSA account. Quick answer, um, when should people consider umbrella insurance? As soon as they have assets outside of retirement accounts. Okay. So as soon as you have equity in your home or uh, you know, tax, taxable account savings, then you want to look at l- umbrella insurance. It's cheap. That's certified financial planner Chad Burton. Chad Burton, you can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com.
3: So the housing recovery got some bad news today. Pending sales of existing homes in the United States dropped 1.3% in July. Fewer Americans signing contracts on previously owned homes. That's telling us that the rise in the mortgage rates are starting to slow momentum in the housing market. Mortgage rates are two-year high. Limited number of existing homes are pushing some prospective buyers out of the market, threatening to slow the pace of recovery in real estate. On the other hand, improvements in employment and income growth would help provide additional fuel for housing. There's been some signs that higher mortgage rates negatively impact home purchases. Um, Modest declines not yet concerning, but it is a flag. You start putting together three or four of these and it is concerning. You know, There's an appeal right now on low-cost money, it used to be ultra-low cost there'll be less appeal and it's higher cost economists consider pending home sales as a leading indicator because they track contract signings existing home sales or tabulate it when a contract closes a month or two later so we got that going for us which is Bill Murray would say which is nice we've got that going for us which is nice Madonna tops Forbes list of highest paid celebrities I'm a little shocked by that um, part of it was her investment in Vita Coco. It's telling you, you know, invest in private companies, n- no doubt. Her last album, MDNA, sold fewer than a million copies in the United States. Rolling Stone r- referred to it as aggressive assault of spunkiness makes you want to run and hide. But she did $305 million tour dates. Not too shabby. I hate saying this, but the Brit? The Brit? Simon Cowell, 10th place, 50 Shades of Grey, author E.L. James, got into listings as well. You can sign up for that seminar that's coming up in Los Gatos, a retirement workshop at robblack.com. September 12th in Los Gatos, September 12th, sign up at robblack.com.
5: After the Standard & Poor's 500 Index dropped to an 8
1: black online at robblack.com now back to rob black and your money on am 1220 kdow
3: we all know that i hate a lot of things i hate dolphins for the way they mate aggressively they're pure hatred for human beings now dolphins and lasers i get into adding to my new list of hate and this will help you understand how to think as an investor, I swear to you, panda bears. You're saying, how can you eat panda bears? I will tell you. And if this doesn't make economic sense to you, and if you can't find the investment lesson in it, shame on you. Washington, D.C. just had a cute little panda cub. Yay! You're prolonging the existence of a hopeless and wasteful species the world should have given up long ago. I understand the impulse. Pandas are cute. Pandas don't have much of a habitat left in the wild, thanks to humans. The zoos imagine that they're doing the right thing, pulling in some extra visitors while helping conservation efforts. But the first test of a species, whether for worthiness, for conservation, should be some instinct for self-preservation. Pandas fail miserably. Their breeding habits don't suggest a species brimming with vitality. They're so disinclined to mate that workers were subjected to poor things to Viagra. In China, they're giving panda bears Viagra. They show them videos of other bears procreating. Washington zoos more often resort to artificial insemination. Artificial insemination is not the carrying on the species. In the wild, where birth rates are much better, pandas are prone to inbreeding, which is not good. Females only ovulate for a few days each year, and if a mother does manage to have more than one cub, she abandons the weakling. Nature's mean. Nature's cruel. Okay, now how does this tie into money? It does. Well, first and foremost, let's do one more fact about bears, panda bears. They're blessed with predatory teeth. And yet, panda bears eat almost nothing but bamboo bamboo has no nutritional value and it's disappearing in the wild pandas consume 40 pounds of it a day they're speeding their own demise they want to die here's a species that of its own accord, has gone down an evolutionary cul-de-sac that ultimately doesn't have any exit it's one of the grossest wastes of conservation money in the last half century according to economist Chris Packham Here's the economics of pandas, and here's how it plays into your portfolio and investing. Protecting doomed species, it's simply unjustifiable. Last year, Canada spent $10 million renting the creatures from China, while cutting government spending elsewhere. Each American zoo typically pays the Chinese government $1 million annually for a single panda. That's $600,000 if they have cubs extra bonus because the Washington Zoo in D.C. was able to market that. If you add in supplying them with a habitat, staff, all that bamboo costs five times what it costs for elephants, which is the next most expensive zoo animal to keep. So the panda is the most expensive zoo animal to keep. Now, do you see why I hate it? Okay. So China is a country that's got extreme poverty. 160 million people live in extreme poverty. That's huge. Darwinism isn't for crybabies, and conservation requires making tough choices. Pandas had a pretty good run for three million years. We need to preserve diverse habitats rather than bet on a single hopeless species. Now, again, the Chinese government, which sees pandas as a source of national pride, spares no expense on them in a country that's got massive poverty. They're cute, but they don't got lasers. So I say they've got to go. Two at a time. Ling-ling, ming, ling, ling, step right up. Bzz. They're not worth the cost. We should be spending the money elsewhere. SP 500 up 4, the Dow is up 33, the NASDAQ up 17, 10-year Treasury sits at 2.7%, gold sits at 14.19 an ounce. I know you're saying, man, you're mean, you hate panda bears? U.S. housing recovery loses a step as pending home sales fell. The Syrian crisis. Okay, here's what we need to talk about. The Syrian crisis, if we lob a couple missiles and it's over, we'll have a stock market rally. We'll have gold sell off. If we lob a couple missiles and they strike back against civilians, and it looks like what do we do now? Then it's gonna be a little bit more difficult. If you think that the play is prolonged, it's gonna ruin Christmas, which means weaker dollar because the Federal Reserve is counting on the back half of this year. I wouldn't do the bet on oil. Maybe you do long on the euro. So Syria, ultimately, pretty tiny, all things considered, on exporting oil. So we're not going to bet on the oil side of it. Yeah, I I don't think there's much of a... The the prolongedness is that it hurts the U.S. if it gets prolonged. And I'm projecting lobbing some missiles. It doesn't seem that the um, president wants to go for a regime change, at least not the way he's talking. He's saying, I don't want to go for a regime change. So ultimately, I have to kind of take his word on it. The New York Times has been hacked by the Syrian Army Group. Uh, So far, it's been inconveniences. But this, again, tells you why you should have your credit report checked on a regular basis. And you should try to stay on top of it. And you should try to be smart about your passwords. New York Times spokesperson Eileen Murphy tweeted the issue is most likely the result of a malicious external attack. The Syrian Electronic Army, a hacker group that's set up to basically cause havoc. Got an event coming up in Los Gatos. You can sign up for it at Robblack.com, com. it's retirement workshop boot camp. Thursday, September twelfth, from six thirty PM to nine PM with the CFP Chadberg, which, by the way, listen to a show today from one PM to two PM here on KDOW twelve twenty. Sign up for the event, September 12th, in Los Gatos, at robblack.com.
1: Getting the kids ready to go back to... Pretty
5: soon the bills are piling the ATCA. The views and opinions of financial planning decision. Insightful.
2: Informative
5: chat and uh, have some fun now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary here's Rob Black on the Wall
3: Street Business Network welcome in Rob Black your money I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money investing and more our two begins 800 800- 516 1220 to get your calls on attack. On call, on air. Get your calls on air. Just reading about the attack on Syria, and that word's in my head. Syria's trying to deflect a lot of blame, saying terrorists will attack Europe. Assad's deputy foreign minister says chemical weapons were used in Syria, but not by the government, saying that terrorists did it. So the United States needs to prove their case before they drop some bombs. So... They repeat that terrorist groups are the ones that use chemical weapons with the help of the United States, the United Kingdom, and France. This has to stop. This means these chemical weapons will soon be used by the same groups against the people of Europe. Trying to spread a little fear. Trying to save a little hiney. Assad's probably not even in Syria anymore. Just my opinion when you tell them bombs are coming. Typically, leaders hide. You know? Hour one, we really talked about Syria and if there's strikes that are short, the market will rally. It'll dip into them as a lot of people panic, but if ultimately things go well and it's just a couple strikes, settle down, get act in order, as it happened in '91, as it happened in uh, George Bush two with. I refer to it as Iraq one, Iraq two. Keep in mind, in Iraq one, people thought. That the um, Republican Guard of Iraq could beat the U.S. Army? Mm, Not so much. So there was also Lebanon back in the 80s under Reagan. There was uh, under Clinton, Bosnia-Herzegovina. And the, the problems there with the Serbs. So it's lebanon Milosevic. You don't really want the rebels giving you information because sometimes the rebels have their own personal issues that they want to promote. So we've done this exercise numerous times in our lifetime, and it's usually created a buying opportunity. That's what I'm trying to say. Will it or won't it? Impossible to say. U.S. stocks, though, are something that we're focusing in on right now as far as performance. Stocks are a little lower, but it's not dramatic. It's not awful. We're down 4.6% from our record high on August 2. So we're still in August. We hit a record high this month. Stop crying. President Barack Obama plans to release an intelligent assessment this week. U.K. Prime Minister David Cameron said Britain will put forward a draft resolution at the U.N. Keep in mind, the U.N. doesn't exactly live up to expectations. TiVo, their stock higher um, because litigation wins. Hey, your uh, DVR looks similarly like ours. I don't see the future of that company unless someone acquires them. They make high-end digital video recorder, which yes, you can use to replace your current digital video recorder in your television um, from your cable company that you're renting or leasing. Eh. Eh. New York Times. Again, if you strip out litigation wins, they are not that much in budget checking. But they did just come out with an awesome TiVo that you can TiVo your stuff and then beam it to your phone on a wireless network, or you can download it to your phone. The New York Times is out there today, a group calling itself the Syrian Electronic Army Claim Responsibility for the newspaper's website going down. Apple's going to see a court ruling case tied towards ebook sales next week, according to Judge Denise Cote. She plans to issue a ruling on remedies next week following the Courts finding that Apple considered with publishers over e-book prices in 2010, conspiring ultimately to, you know, play against Amazon in their offerings. Avago Technologies earned $0.67 cents a share above expectations, revenue beat expectations. Avago chips are used in Apple products. They're predicting better than expected revenue for the current quarter. So they're a poor man's way of playing Apple. JP Morgan Chase, they're in the news. They're going to pay at least $6 billion to settle lawsuits over bonds backed by subprime mortgages. Groupon. They're planning to put together a North American warehouse network for its physical goods business. Hmm. That's going to compete with Amazon.com. Citigroup's chief technical officer. Technical. He's a technician. He said gold could hit 3500 He said, quote, we believe we're back into the track where gold is the hard currency of choice. We expect for this trend to accelerate going forward. We still believe that in the next couple of years, we'll be looking at gold prices of 3500 as the gold-silver ratio plummets near 30 This would also suggest a silver price above $100. Now, again, don't get caught up in the gold fight. This is not Citigroup's house view. This is their technician who's been wrong on the, the metal for two years. You know, I think 1150 it's much more of a realistic number, 1250 going forward in the years after that. But again, be cautious. U.S. housing recovery loses a step as pending home sales fell. Eh. It's been such a great ride and you're not going to be able to live up to expectations every single time. Gold's down a buck today, but it climbs to a, you know, a three-and-a-month, three-and-a-half-month three high. High. So it's been pretty good recently, while the market's been pretty bad. Again, the market's only off 4.6% from its all-time high. you with me or against me? Because you need to choose a side. Now, coming up in the month of September and October, we're going to learn more and more about Congress. Yay! And how they don't like the president. Yay! Uh, Will they budge on a budget deficit? Will they budge on... You know, sequestration cuts, U.S. pending sales of previously owned homes should make the Fed Reserve go, that's a little bit, we, we want to make sure that doesn't keep going down. But with Congress coming back, we, we know we're going to get um, heavy stresses as far as headline news goes. Mahir al-Assad, the younger brother of Syria's President Bashar al-Assad, is suspected of authorizing the chemical attacks that killed hundreds of Syrian civilians. Again, how does that headline help mean? It doesn't. It doesn't. Robert Rinnie, he's the chief currency strategist at Westpac Banking. He expects the yen to be traded at 98 per dollar by the end of the year. Abe needs to be driving his policies aggressively, and if he doesn't appear able to, the markets are going to find it disappointing. Goldman Sachs believes that stocks in India may fall further as the nation's external deficits and the capital flight from emerging markets threatens the currencies of developing nations. Everyone's negative on emerging markets right now, and it's turning into a pile-on. They said, we are not quite prepared to say that we've hit the lows, and therefore it's time to turn positive. So he's the chief Asia-Pacific equity strategist. And finally out there, BNP and BNP Paribas cut its growth forecast for India for the fiscal year to 3.7% from 5.2%, saying that it's muddling. Downward pressure on the asset price is unlikely to abate until the rupee becomes decisively cheap, maybe weaker than 70, or the authorities deliver shock and awe tightening. Got a big event coming up with CFP Chad Burton at the Toll House Hotel. It's made out of cookie dough in Los Gatos, California. It's a retirement planning workshop. Someone asked, how different is it from your past? It's got some differences, but it's heavily that same type of material. Come meet CFP Chad and myself as we talk retirement workshop boot camp issues. You can sign up for the event at robblack.com. That's robblack.com.
2: AM 1220,
5: wide way on stock.
3: You know what I know it. It's interesting to note that I'm going to go there. Brothels in Nevada are suffering as the Internet is weeding out truckers from visiting brothels. There's 36 brothels in Nevada in 1985. Now there's 19. Truckers are squeezed by fuel costs. And the Internet, obviously helping to arrange liaisons. But this talks to also the issues tied towards Nevada. You know, this is an issue that's not beloved. I know that. People don't have discretionary income that they had years ago. People don't spend like they used to. Wage inflation in the United States is tepid at best. It's tragic if you really want to know the truth. We're not doing a very good job. You know, you could see it in brothels, or you could see it in ratings at CNBC declining. You know, people have lost credibility at CNBC, but ultimately, CNBC was tied towards day trading. And if you don't have disposable income, you don't have it for brothels. You don't have it for for CNBC and day trading either. United States are college costs are swelling. Our healthcare costs are swelling, but our wages are not. Our real estate in the last three years has swelled, depending on where, what market you're in. Maybe 2013 started to take off, maybe it was 2012, 2011. Mega fires and more. Sharknadoes. Climate changing deniers have got to see this as, as out there. To get your calls in the air, it's eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. 516 It's eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. 516 Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, I did a really good piece on cheap earlier, which is tied towards Americans are spending on very few things, cars and homes, e-commerce, appliances, and home improvement projects. That's about it. So please note that. To get your calls in the air, it's 800 516 It's eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. If We were to go a little bit further into you know the day's news. Um, TiVo eh, I can't really get behind that one. Wet seals up eight percent. Wet seals obviously tied towards teen apparel. JetBlue. Bloomberg is discussing that JetBlue may be a possible takeover target, in large part because American Airlines, the merger that they want to go through, may get pushed by the Justice Department with American Airlines and U.S. Airways it may get pushed to a start date of court into March instead of November. iPhone trade-in program may start on Friday. You may want to skip it. In large part, you're probably going to get a better deal if you sell it yourself. But the company's also going to do, introduce a new iPhone next month. Apple's going to begin offering customers next week discounts on new iPhones when they trade in their old devices. Depending on how damaged your old iPhone is, will depend on how much you get in a gift card. Apple's not confirmed the existence of the program, but if it does, it could help consumers save a few bucks. The new iPhone models hit September 10th. So do you want to go without an iPhone? Sell your old iPhone now, but you're going to have to wait till typically 10 days after the announcement on the new iPhone. So the iPhone trading program will continue with new iPhone models, probably, but we don't know. Every time Apple comes out with a new product, there's always reports of people getting angry that they just bought an old product. <laughs> and yet, it's pretty publicly out there, right? A couple of websites that I think you should try to get into if you can. Wall Street Journal. I think it is a great classic read on financial issues, as is the Financial Times. There's no fear in reading Financial Advisor. I like the Wall Street Journal for the average person because it, it ratchets down the news into kind of something you can see, it's very digestible. Um, I would be cautious on websites. I'm not going to say MarketWatch is bad, but there's a lot of paid advertisers on MarketWatch who look like content. So I would be cautious. I'm not going to tell you you to be fearful, but I'm going to say cautious. Oil's not doing much today. A lot of people see that as a sign that the strikes in Syria, that will happen according to a high-ranking U.S. senior official. It's beyond the point of going back. Well, it would be probably more a little bit higher. Even though the U.S. doesn't use it as much from Middle East sources as we have in the past, it's still a world currency, a world commodity that's traded in dollars. Gold sitting down too, sitting at fourteen seventeen. That should be higher too. If we're expecting a prolonged Syrian crisis. If the Syrian crisis goes over two three weeks, we're going to start saying, "Whoops, back to school's not going so well." We're going to say, "Whoops." Christmas is right around the corner, and I don't feel very Christmassy because we're throwing bombs at people. Mortgage applications are falling as rates hit 2013 high. That's tied into the story of home sales suffer on higher rates, according to the realtors out there. You know, Asia today, we woke up and it was weaker following the U.S. markets. Europe was weaker. One thing that came out of German Chancellor Angela Merkel said, Greece, should, and ha, Greece shouldn't have been allowed into the euro. <laughs> she said, Chancellor Sodor accepted Greece and weakened stability pact. Interesting, right? When things are very, very good, we tend not to blind. But when things are bad, we tend to look back and go, point fingers. There's a big takeover this week. Amgen of Onyx Pharmaceuticals, Gilead Science's acquisition of Pharmacet two years ago, ultimately says, you know, hey, big drug companies are looking for a new source of growth. So what's going to be the next one? You know, it's going to be Medivation. It's $4.25 billion biotech. They launched a prostate cancer drug last year. Further studies on the drug for earlier-stage prostate cancers, uh, testing it with Johnson Johnson's prostate cancer drug, Satiga. Names like Abbott Labs, interested in Seattle genetics, Genentech, GlaxoSmithKline, Pfizer, they all have licensed Seattle genetics targeted oncology platform. So Medivation and Seattle genetics seem to be two that people are calling into potentially being in play got an event coming up with CFP Chad Burton at the Toll House Hotel in Los Gatos, September twelfth. It's a Thursday evening from 6.30 to 9 p.m. It's for those of you who have a lot of questions heading into retirement. How are you going to manage your wealth? What's it look like? Maybe it's for the kids of parents who are heading into retirement. You can sign up for the event at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Coming up, i have got an economist online.
1: Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220
4: KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and Your Money.
3: Got a little typing, getting ready for my TV hit that's coming up on 9:15 on Channel 4 Cron in the Bay Area. But joining me now. Dr. Jeff Rosen, the one, the only, from Briefing.com. How are you, Mr. Rosen?
6: Good. How about yourself? I'm doing pretty well.
3: Pretty. I'm kind of... Okay, maybe I'm not doing well. I'm starting to think about the holidays. So, getting out of this holiday season and getting into the Christmas holiday season. How about yourself?
6: Uh, I was just enjoying the music you were playing.
3: A little... Uh, got a little anger in you?
6: Yeah, always.
3: <laughs> a little smashing pumpkins as uh, the Irish like to refer to them. Uh, so, Dr. Rosen, let's uh, talk today's housing numbers. Any thoughts?
6: Uh, they came in kind of as expected. And the pending home index basically is a uh, an index of the number of signed contracts. And it generally follows what you would expect from the new home sales index, which is or new home sales data, which is also a uh, a data set of housing contracts that are signed. So. When you see one go down, you generally see another go down. And, you know, some things are, are looking, you know, weak, and that's what we expected with higher interest rates and, and weak job growth. So uh, your Smashing Pumpkins uh, song was pretty apt with that. <laughs> okay.
3: How important is housing at this point in time? Because in retail, it seems like housing is working, cars are working, home improvement projects are working. Appliances are working tied towards housing. It's like three of the five categories that are working are tied towards housing. Is this something we really want to pay attention to, or can we just say the pause that refreshes?
6: Um, I would say that something's pretty important, uh, just because it's a source of growth for the overall economy. Um, when you have construction, it's, it's a, a good pop for investment overall. It's a good source of jobs. There's a lot of... Uh, Linkages between other systems like the financial sector, the retail sector, all that come through housing. So, when you have a positive housing uh, trend, you generally have positive trends in other areas. So, you know, seeing the numbers today you know, is kind of discouraging for overall economic growth, not just because you see a, a downturn in potential construction levels, but you would expect to see a potential downturn in, you know, the financial and in retail sectors as well.
3: Okay. Now let's translate this into housing could pick up because of job growth in the United States. Are we still expecting that anemic or slight or moderate job growth in back half of two thousand and thirteen?
6: I you know, the consensus is that we're gonna see better job numbers, you know, going ahead. You should have the worst of the uh sequester over, so we shouldn't see as much um pullback from the government sector and Private sector looks good. I mean, the initial claims data was really strong over the last couple of weeks. Uh, really unexpected to see claims, you know, down at the 320-330 level. We expected it to be, you know, around 350 for uh, for a long period of time. These numbers normally expect to see uh, 200,000 plus um, payroll growth per month. So, you, you know, where we're at today. Would suggest a good private payroll number, and and we don't expect to see too much drop off in the government sector for you know going ahead. So that's good. I
3: was reading a report out of Citigroup this morning, and I'm not going to try to make a dueling analyst, you versus Citigroup analyst, but um, Deborah West Weinswig. She basically said that American consumers aren't buying luxury. No, no, no. Lower income, middle income, aren't going for cashmere. They're going for. Coffee, like Starbucks, things that they like that they feel good about. They're not willing to make um, credit decisions based on apparel. Has the U.S. consumer changed a little bit in the last five years? And can you make that tie that it's a cyclical issue tied towards retail?
6: It's a difficult call to make it on a specific um, asset or specific sector that someone's buying, such as you know non-durable clothing. What you're seeing is that consumers are more wanting to hold on to savings, which we hadn't seen in the past. the savings rate is well above uh, norms that we had for most of the you know most of the aughts. and that's going to discourage luxury spending that's going to discourage uh, asset spending, especially um, on bigger purchases like TVs and stuff. What is interesting in that is that you, know, you normally would expect this to be because the household debt situation would be, uh, you know, impeding potential credit growth, and that's really not true anymore. If you look at the household obligations ratios, which talk about, uh, you know, how much the consumers spends out of their current paycheck on required, uh, um, spending like minimum payments on credit cards and rent and, uh, auto payments, and, and that's near historic lows. So what you have is a consumer that can take on more debt. They're just choosing not to. And the question is, is that a temporary thing, or is that uh, a new permanent uh, response to the uh, financial crisis that we had? And that's going to take a little bit more time to tease out.
3: Speaking with Dr. Jeff Rosen, com. Dr. Rosen, let's talk a little about the Federal Reserve, because Janet Yellen Larry Summers seems to be the debate coming up. Who would be better for the economy?
6: I think that both are a perfect uh, fit for what's going on now. I mean, really, realistically, I, I have no care about uh, either one in terms of how they're going to change monetary policy in the near term. I think both are going to keep rates extraordinarily low. You may have a little bit more uh, tendency, maybe on Janet Yellen's part, to uh, keep quantitative easing going. A little bit longer than uh, Larry Summers would, but you know, realistically, that's just nuances in terms of overall uh, monetary responses. The big question over the two is what would happen five years from now, and unfortunately, because of the way the current economy is, I wouldn't make a a pitch for either one based on what their long-term expectations of monetary policy are. And you know, right now, I think that. A lot of the discussion and worries about, you know, is yelling better than, than Summers? Is Summers better than Yellen? Just a, you know, a way of just passing time because there's nothing really much to talk about right now.
3: Let's change it to a more rudimentary level, then. What is the Federal Reserve, and why should our listeners care?
6: Uh, I mean, the Fed controls monetary policy. They control the money supply, and they control short-term interest rates. And if, uh, you know, long-term rates are an expectation of, you know, a long period of short-term interest rates, they technically control long-term rates as well. So, you know, if you have a Fed that is hinting that rates will increase at a, uh, you know, a time in the future that's earlier, let's say, than what the market expects, you would see a rise in long-term rates because they would start pricing in the potential of, uh, of tightening and that's kind of what we've been seeing over the last you know few months where you saw uh, long-term rates the 10-year jumped 100 basis points because there was an expectation put out there that uh, short-term rates will probably increase sooner than expected.
3: There's some people Dr. Rosen who believe the Federal Reserve shouldn't exist that the dollar would find its own level for better or for worse are you in that camp, or
6: no no, no, not at all. I mean, yes, you would have a you know a dollar that would meet a market expectation, but you would also have a very volatile and a very disruptive uh, environment, and what you would have is a system of banking, a system of uh, an economic system that would be very difficult to maintain steady growth, and you would have a very difficult time if you were a uh, business person trying to invest in and trying to predict where rates are going to be, you have a very difficult time knowing when, when to make an investment, when, you know, what, what are the options are. And that doesn't make good economic policy. It doesn't make good social policy.
3: Anything else that you want to add that you're working on, that you're looking at, or are you thinking Labor Day vacation like I am? <laughs>
6: um kind of concerned what's going to happen uh possibly tomorrow in Syria just to see you know what the uh the known unknowns as we say it you know are going to affect you know who's going to go where if uh the US makes an attack um beyond that you know vacation and you know coming up seems pretty good to me
3: <laughs> let's talk real briefly about that concept of Syria could they ruin christmas in your opinion or you don't really know
6: it 's so difficult by themselves, no you know what what the discussions are and what the expectations are of the u s intervention is not enough in my opinion, to uh, really cause an economic um, calamity, so to speak. But you never know how Syria is going to react, and, you know, is Syria going to react by attacking Israel, and how is Israel going to react? Is Israel going to blame Iran for a Syrian uh, response? And then you could have a big cluster, you know, and it's those linkages that you don't really, you can't really see uh, very well, you know, you can't, you don't really know how they're going to unfold, and I'm not a... A political scientist by any means, nor am I a uh, Middle East historian, but you know it's it's those concerns that are driving oil prices higher today. Because you, you just don't know if we're going to see a wider uh, entanglement than what this you know supposedly low key uh, interventions ex- that that's expected.
3: Thanks for stretching that out with us. It's Dr. Jeff Rosen, Chief Economist Briefing.com. Have a good Labor Day. Have a good downtime. And uh, I'll talk to him next Tuesday when we get back to work after the Labor Day holiday. 800 516 1220 Calls in the Air. You can follow me on Twitter, Rob Black Show. Follow me on YouTube, Rob Black Show. Get a podcast of the show at kdow.biz, kdow.biz, and my Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black. I isolate those interviews and put them up there as well. We'll take a break here. We'll be right back.
1: Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com now. Back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220, KDOW.
4: I'm not Black.
3: I'm over 40, which means I had affordable college. A study came out today that ties college debt back to 1985. College tuition's up 500% since then. Medical cost and overall medical cost up 286% since then. Overall inflation up 121% since then. That's interesting to note in large part because uh, the prestige of college is going to lose some of its luster. My parents didn't pay for my college, but let's say that they did. They wouldn't be able to afford the higher cost of college today than, what is that, 15, 25 years ago? 30 years ago? Yeah. It's stunning when you see that number. Both art school and business school grads are swimming in debt. Total U.S. student debt adds up to $1.1 trillion dollars. College graduates are making $3,200 less per year than they did in 2000. No wage inflation. Some cash-poor doctor recipients are seeking food stamps in increasing numbers. 284,000 college graduates are making minimum wage. Again, I'm not going to go, know, The Center for College Affordability and Productivity reported nearly half of the college graduates from the Class 2010 are in jobs that don't require, require a bachelor's degree. A full 38% have taken jobs that don't even require a high school education. You have to admit that's kind of sad. And again, we are living in a world more and more so in the United States of the haves and the have-nots. The market is focusing in large part today and this week on what's happening in Syria. Emerging markets are under pressure with the Indian rupee falling about 4% against the dollar. S&P 500 looks to regain its 100-day moving average near 1638 on a technical level. The mortgage index remained in a downward trend, falling 2.5%, marking the 14th decline in the past 16 readings on mortgage applications. Strength today is seen in consumer discretionary energy and technology. Weakness seen in consumer staples, healthcare, industrials, materials, and utilities. Um, financials is group up but barely. So the Middle East produces about 31% of the world's crude. So we're paying attention. In theory, we don't want the world mad at us. Back when George W. Bush was president of the United States, president, or, then Congressman Barack Obama, now President Barack Obama, said that the president... Uh, the President does not have unilateral authority to issue a strike, and right now he's saying the President has unilateral authority to issue a strike. It's really interesting that Republicans are crying, "You've got to go to Congress. You've got to go to Congress to do this." Uh, when Bush did it, the Democrats are going, "You've got to go to Congress, you've got to go to Congress to do this." Um, it just shows how hypocritical things become in the world of politics, in my opinion. So, Syrian crisis could lift oil prices, gasoline prices as well. Some forecasters predict a short-term spike of about 10 cents a gallon. So, maybe go fill up today because we're going to start striking in the next couple of days. Growing fears that if the U.S. military strikes back at Syria for the unacceptable, that's the word I'm looking for, the unacceptable handling of the civil unrest by using chemical weapons on men, women, and children. Has ultimately, you know, supply disruption from the Middle East? Probably not. Syria produces about 50,000 barrels a day, which is nothing. It's a drop in the bucket. Before the Civil War, it's 400,000 barrels a day. But oil prices have been rising since July. Political upheaval in Egypt sparking concerns. The region is under pressure already civil unrest in Iraq is rising again with more than 1,000 Iraqis killed in July. Libya's oil production is already down sharply due to the work. worker strikes over pays. So could oil go to 150 a barrel briefly? Absolutely. It depends on how long-lived the strike is going to be. Teach calls in the air. It's 800 1220 It's 800 1220 Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Other stories of note in the world of business and the economy, I think we always have to go back and say, you know, how does the State Department, how does the President define chemical weapons as far as use and no use? The President really faces a huge problem right now. He's been an avoider in chief now for almost two years in Syria. Because the bottom line of President Barack Obama is that his legacy really is focused much more on middle class in the United States and the Middle East. Can he fix the middle class or the Middle East? He clearly does not want to get bogged down in an open-ended military commitment in the middle of a kind of civil war in Syria. Syria descended into a crazy state of affairs. You could just wait till the two sides exhaust themselves in theory. That's the argument the United States is probably trying to make right now by not striking, or by not striking sooner. I don't believe in part, ultimately, you know, is this a moral decision, ethical decision, humanitarian disaster? I think you could make a case for all of those on both sides. You know, this, the definition or the standard for victory, it's never, ever clearly defined so we're going to be talking about this in the coming days and weeks. The market is now off about 4.5% from its all-time highs, which makes it not that bad of oh, a correction. Today we're fighting to stay even. I don't really care if we do or we don't. In large part, volume is very light. Labor Day is on Monday, and people aren't thinking that way. If you want to get caught up in it, Do. I'm saying let's wait and see what happens tomorrow and make decisions on that kind of basis. I'm Rob Black. Find me online at robblack.com. The
2: views
5: and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network. This station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Do you have student loans? Are you worried about making your payments? Don't worry, we can help you. If you're behind, if you're late, or even if you're in default on your student loan